Good afternoon. We are at about the midpoint of our retreat. I hope that you are enjoying this retreat. Since we are about halfway, it is good to consider what makes a good or successful retreat. Uh, having a good time, that you had time to rest, that you were able to laugh. The mark of a successful retreat is change. Are we being converted? Are we being transformed? Do we have a greater love for God? Are we growing in trust? Do we have a greater love for others? Do we have a greater hatred for sin? Are we growing in virtue? If there is no change, then all of this might just be a waste of our time. I am not here to entertain you. I am here to help lead you to God. I will try to do my best, but you also must try to do your best. Stay focused. Don't get distracted. Be faithful to your prayer times and meditations. Enter into the silence. Listen and be faithful to the Holy Spirit speaking within you. Strive to make this the best retreat possible. Strive for sanctity. What you get out of this retreat is what you put in. You reap what you sow. Let us begin with a short prayer. In the diary, St. Faustina writes her own poetry. So I felt inspired to use one of her poems as a prayer. This is actually the very first entry in her diary. Perhaps this might inspire one of you to compose a poem to Divine Mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O eternal love, you command your sacred image to be painted and reveal to us the inconceivable fount of mercy. You bless whoever approaches your rays and a soul all black will turn into snow. O sweet Jesus, it is here you establish the throne of your mercy to bring joy and hope to sinful man. From your open heart, as from a pure fount, flows comfort to a repentant heart and soul. May praise and glory for this image never cease to stream from man's soul. May praise of God's mercy pour from every heart, now and at every hour, and forever and ever. Amen. Mary, Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Teresa of Avila, pray for us. Saint John of the Cross, pray for us. Saint Therese of the Little Flower, pray for us. All of God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. In the Bible, there are many instances where 
before the catastrophe or affliction, God would prescribe a specific instruction in order to be saved. For example, before the flood, God instructed Noah to build an ark. And when the flood comes, you and your family will be saved from the waters. Before the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, God informed Moses of the 10th plague that will kill all the firstborn children in Egypt. But God also gave Moses the instruction to slaughter a lamb and put its blood on the doorposts. And when the angel of death sees the blood, he will pass over the house and the firstborn would be spared. I've entitled this talk, Do Whatever the Doctor Tells You. Notice that doctor is capitalized. This verse comes from the Blessed Mother at the first miracle of Jesus at the wedding in Cana. When they did what Jesus asked, they received new wine. Did our divine doctor, Jesus, give us a prescription for these modern times? Since this is a divine mercy retreat, I would offer that God already gave us the prescription in the message of the divine mercy. Jesus said to St. Faustina, Today I am sending you with my mercy to the people of the whole world. I do not wish to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. The remedy for aching mankind is to be found in Jesus' merciful heart. In this conference, I want to look at some specific instructions Jesus gave to St. Faustina and see how they can be applied to our current crisis. First, the image of divine mercy. Jesus said to St. Faustina, paint an image according to the pattern you see with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. At first, Faustina painted the image in her heart, but when Jesus asked, where, the Im where is the image? She replied, in my heart. Jesus said, if you don't get this image painted, you will be held responsible. So Faustina found an artist and had the image painted. But when the image came out, Faustina was disappointed, saying, it is not as beautiful as when I see you, Lord. But Jesus reassured her, it is not in the beauty of the paint or in the brush, but in my grace. Those who venerate my image will receive many graces. I promise that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of death. In the image of divine mercy, Jesus is standing with a white robe, a sign that he is a priest. His right hand is raised, giving a blessing. His left hand is near his heart, from which are coming out the rays of mercy, red and white. The white ray symbolizes water, signifying baptism and confession, sacraments that cleanse us. The red ray symbolizes blood, signifying the Eucharist, the sacrament that nourishes us. Jesus' feet are separated, one in front of the other, showing that he makes the first step 
towards us sinners. At the bottom is the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. Our response to divine mercy. I know what you're thinking. Can this image, which is just a piece of paper, be a source of grace? Yes, that's what Jesus said. All we need to do is take him at his word, to trust him. When I was a seminarian, every feast of mercy, we would go to help out and celebrate the feast at the, we would help to celebrate the feast at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Usually, during the feast, it is very cold outside, sometimes raining and snowing. We celebrated mercy in the mud and in the slush. Outside, near the field altar, we have a large six-foot life-size image of Divine Mercy for pilgrims to venerate. One time, a pilgrim, a pilgrim came up to one of our brothers and said, You know, it's like Jesus is alive in this image. I was praying before this image with my hand on his heart, and my hand started to feel warm. I started to feel heat coming from his heart. When my aunt heard this story, she said, You know, Father James? I also experienced a similar thing. One day we were cleaning the church and I started to hear a noise. Dup, 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 dup. I said, where is that coming from? I looked around and couldn't figure it out. My eyes came to the image of divine mercy and I wondered if it was coming from there. I walked to the image and the sound got louder. I put my ear on the image and realized it was really coming from the image. I thought to myself, am I going crazy? So I called to my friend, come here, I want you to see something. Stand right here. Do you hear something? She stood quietly and listened. She said, yes, I hear something. What is it? Dup, 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 dup. Is it coming from this image? She turned around and listened and said, I think so. They took the image down from the wall and put their ears to the bare wall, no sound. They put the image back and the sound returned. My aunt stood in amazement. She and her friend were both nurses. They know this sound whenever they use a stethoscope. It's the sound of a heartbeat. She said, Lord, you really are here. In this time of lockdown and quarantine, when it is difficult to go out and visit churches, we have, in effect, our own fountain of mercy and source of grace, the image of divine mercy. If you have an image of divine mercy, you have a fount of grace and mercy. You can receive grace from this image. You can. Jesus said so. Maybe we have had this image of divine mercy hanging on our walls for so many years, but never realized its power or importance. It's like having your own tabernacle, 
in your home or in your pocket. The tabernacle is a source of grace because of the Eucharist inside. The image of divine mercy is also a source of grace because Jesus said so. Jesus himself says in the diary, I am offering people a vessel with which they are to keep coming for graces to the fountain of mercy. That vessel is this image with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. One of my favorite stories happened right here in the Philippines near the shrine. There was a couple, husband and wife, traveling by motorbike near our shrine of divine mercy. They got into an accident and both were rushed to the hospital. The wife suffered some scrapes and bruises, but she was okay. But the husband was in a coma. Do you know coma? It's like you are asleep and they try to wake you, but nothing happens. Like some of you right now. Hey, wake up. The doctors did a scan on his brain. They said there was something there. We can do an operation, but we cannot guarantee that he will come out. He might stay the same or even get worse. The operation will cost 200000 The wife didn't have money, but she had faith. So she went to the church and got a small wallet-sized image of divine mercy and went back to the hospital. She went to her husband and started praying with this image. Jesus, I trust in you. Please heal my husband. And she would touch this image to her husband on his head, on his body, arms, and legs. She continued praying like this all day. At night, she went to sleep. The next day, she woke up. Husband was still in a coma. She continued her prayer. Jesus, I trust in you. Please heal my husband. Jesus, I trust in you. Please heal my husband. Again, touching the image to her husband's body. She continued praying like this all day. At night, she went to sleep. Third day, she woke up. Husband was still in a coma. So she continued her prayer. Jesus, I trust in you. Please heal my husband. Jesus, I trust in you. Please heal my husband. Still touching the image to her husband's body. On the third day, the husband's eyes opened. The doctors examined him, and he was completely fine. He walked out of the hospital a healthy man. How did it happen? Divine mercy and this woman's faith in the image. Do you need grace? Do you want mercy? Are you looking for help? Go to the image. Venerate the image. Trust in the words of Jesus. Did not Jesus say, those who venerate my image will receive many graces? Second, the chaplet of divine mercy. Jesus said to St. Faustina, encourage souls to say the chaplet which I have given you. It pleases me to grant everything they ask of me by saying the chaplet, 
Whoever will recite it will receive great mercy at the hour of death. Priests will recommend it to sinners as their last hope of salvation. Even if there were a sinner most hardened, if he were, were to recite this chaplet only once, he would receive grace from my infant mercy. Through the chaplet, you will obtain everything. If what you ask, if what you ask for is compatible with my will. Through this little chaplet, we can receive great mercy. Sounds too good to be true. One day, St. Faustina saw a great storm. She began to say the chaplet. Suddenly, she heard the voice of an angel. I cannot approach in this storm because the light which comes from her mouth drives back both me and the storm. Such was the angel's complaint to God. She then recognized how much havoc he was to have made through this storm. But she also recognized that this prayer was pleasing to God and that this chaplet was most powerful. You know, personally, I tried this recently, and it actually worked. We hadn't had rain in weeks, maybe months. Some of the priests had recommended including a prayer for rain after the Mass to pray with the people. So I felt inspired to pray the chaplet for rain. And that night, there was a light drizzle. So I continued with another chaplet the next morning, and it rained continuously for a few hours. I didn't tell anyone that I prayed. It rained the next day, and after that, no more. Uh, one time, Faustina found herself in the midst of a dying man, being tormented by demons. She began praying the chaplet, and the demons fled. The man became calm and died in peace. Jesus said to St. Faustina, Help me to save souls. Go to dying sinners and recite the chaplet. In this way, you will obtain for him trust in my mercy. Why is the hour of death so important? because it is the last hour on earth. It is the last chance Satan has to claim our souls. You might say it's the final battle. In the last hour, many souls are viciously tormented by demons. Every time we pray the Hail Mary, we ask the Mother of God to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. I wanted to share a true story of the chaplet. There was a very poor family with children, but both husband and wife had no job. One day, the wife felt inspired to pray a novena of chaplets of, div of divine mercy for their situation. Do you know novena? It is a prayer you repeat for nine consecutive days. So she offered a chaplet a day. One night she had a dream. Jesus appeared, just like in the image, with rays coming from his heart. Jesus said, Go to the store, get everything you need. I will take care of it. The woman woke up excited 
and shared the news with her husband. But the husband, who didn't have much faith, laughed. Ha! Jesus is not going to take care of us. We are poor. This is our life. Just accept it. The wife got discouraged and didn't go to the store. But she continued praying the chaplet. Then again, she had another dream. Jesus appeared, just like in the image, and said, What is taking you so long? I told you, go to the store, get everything you need, I will take care of it. So the woman woke up excited, but didn't tell her husband. She went to the store and filled her cart with everything she needed for her house, herself, her family. The cart was full. As she was ready to leave, she prayed, Which line should I go? She heard a voice, seven. She put all the things for the cashier to scan. The cashier asked her, How would you like to pay for this? She said, Jesus will take care of it. You can imagine the cashier's reaction. She must have thought this woman is crazy. The woman said again, Jesus told me, he will take care of it. Just then, the speakers turned on in the store. It was the manager speaking. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today is a very special day in our store. We are celebrating our seventh anniversary at this location. And in order to celebrate, we would like to reward one lucky customer free groceries. The person standing in line number seven. So Jesus took care of it. She arrived home with all these groceries. The husband asked, where did you get all of this? What did she say? Jesus took care of it. And the husband started to believe. Another important element of divine mercy is the feast. Jesus says, I desire that the feast of mercy be a refuge and shelter for all souls, especially for poor sinners. On that day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. The soul that will go to confession and receive holy communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of punishments and sin. The Feast of Mercy is the Sunday after Easter, known as Divine Mercy Sunday, which would be tomorrow. Jesus wants to pour out a whole ocean of graces upon souls, and in order to receive an ocean of grace, we only need to do two things, go to confession, and receive Holy Communion. The promise that Jesus has given for this feast day is complete forgiveness of sin and all temporal punishment due to sin. But in this time of pandemic and social distancing, how can we do that? The Marian priests have been recommending to everyone to make an act of contrition and spiritual communion. In making an act of contrition, it's like a spiritual confession, 
you express heartfelt sorrow to Jesus for all your sins and that you promise to go to confession to a priest as soon as you are able to. In the diary, Jesus says, I never reject a contrite heart. In making a spiritual communion, you prepare yourself to receive Jesus just as you would in Holy Communion, asking him to enter your heart spiritually. You can say something like, Lord, I cannot receive you sacramentally right now, but I love you and I desire you to be in my heart. Please come to me spiritually right now and be with me. If you do these two things, you fulfill the requirements to, to receive an ocean of mercy. In these times, Jesus is making it super easy for us. I think this might be the easiest way ever. You don't even have to leave your home. How easy is that? There is one last element I should mention, the hour of great mercy, three o'clock. Jesus says, as often as you hear the clock strike the third hour, immerse yourself completely in my mercy, adoring and glorifying it. Invoke its omnipotence for the whole world and particularly for poor sinners. For at that moment, mercy is, was open wide for every soul. In this hour, you can obtain everything for yourself and for others for the asking. It was the hour of grace for the whole world. Mercy triumph over justice. Why is it so important to remember the three o'clock hour? Well, the three o'clock hour is the hour in which Jesus died. It is the hour in which his heart was pierced and blood and water flowed out. Remembering is not as important for God as it is for us. Are you familiar with the Jewish notion of remembering? Jewish celebrations like Hanukkah and Passover were ways of remembering God's mercy to his people. But when the Jews celebrated, it was an act of remembering and they celebrated as if they were really there. When Jesus is asking us to remember him at the three o'clock hour, we are in a sense mystically transported through time and space back to Calvary at the foot of the cross, close to his pierced side. And because we are there with him, we are also available to the graces he wants to pour out upon us. This is why Jesus says, this is the hour of great mercy for the whole world. In this hour, I will refuse nothing to the soul that makes a request of me in virtue of my passion. When we remember him in his hour of need, he remembers us in our hour of need. Why is Jesus offering us so many ways to receive his mercy? And Jesus says, my heart overflows with great mercy for souls and especially for poor sinners. 
He is looking for souls who want to receive his mercy. Why? Simply because we need it. He sees our pains, our wounds, our illnesses, our fears, our worries, misery, wretchedness, nothingness, and he knows what we need. His mercy is the only thing that can heal us, restore us, make us whole. Jesus is offering these gifts, his image, the chaplet, the feast, the three o'clock hour, as signs of his love, so that he can pour out his mercy upon us and that we may have more life. However, these gifts are not for the strong, the rich, the wise, the independent and self-sufficient. Rather, they are for the weak, the poor, the sick, the broken, miserable ones who know they need God's mercy. Did not Jesus say, those who are healthy do not need a physician, the sick do? Similarly, these gifts are not for the healthy, but for those who know they are sick. I hope that you would see them as powerful vessels of God's mercy. I hope that you would make them staples in your life and in your day. Take advantage of the graces God is offering us in these times. This is the true medicine that gives life. Make them a part of your daily routine. Share them with others, especially the poor, the sick, and the dying. Turn to them often and allow your days to be immersed and filled with his mercy. In times of difficulty and trial, even during this pandemic, the natural human tendency is to focus on the problem, so much so that we begin to stress and worry. God knew tough times would come, so he prepared us for them. The chaplet and image, even the three o'clock hour of mercy, are small but powerful instruments to turn our attention away from the problems and to focus on the Lord. They are tangible objects that we can hold in our hands and look at, even if only for a brief moment, to lift us up and keep our gaze on Him, as if God is reminding us that He is still with us and to not be afraid. Looking at the problems will only bring us down, but the Lord wants to lift our heads and to gaze heavenward and trust in his merciful help. Remember the time the apostles were in the boat, terrified because of the storm, the wind, and the waves? They were afraid of dying. Yet what was Jesus doing? He was asleep on a pillow, completely at peace. What were the apostles focused on? The storm, the wind, and the waves, the problems, which only intensified their fears and anxieties. 
but Jesus was also with them in the boat. Jesus is also with us in our boat. Let, let us learn with the help of his image and the chaplet to keep our eyes on him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.